And welcome to Reima Huvim. This is Rabbi Yitz Greenfield, MS Marriage and Family Therapy. I'm so happy you're joining me on jrootradio.com. For those of you who are new listeners, here's what we do. We try to learn and develop new skills and tools to renew and strengthen the connection, yes, the connection you have with your spouse. We do this not only from a social science perspective. What we do is we use the Torah as our guide and source of navigation. I have a very exciting show here today. Very, very exciting. I'm saying because I feel a lot of topics we're going to cover today, I feel is is like across the spectrum is going to apply to many, if not all of you. Seriously. I'm going to start with a very, very hot topic in a couple of seconds. And I, I think this is, you're going to be able, I think any married couple out there is going to be able to relate to this. Before I do that, I want to add an addendum to last week's, I think it was last, you know, two weeks ago's topic, I spoke about hats, and I realized I, there was a small little piece that I didn't mention, and I have to mention it, because as I was actually working with a couple, I'm like, oh boy, did I mention this on the, on the radio? I'm not sure if I did. You know what? Let me discuss this. Okay, let's just review a little bit for a second. When I talk about hats, I think for those of you who heard that show, or those of you married couples who heard that show, I think you realize that you or your spouse definitely has his or her hats on at least at least once a week, if not at least once a day. And if you realize that they have their hats on, and we're going to discuss in a second what hats is, for those of you who have never heard this before, you just got to watch out. Watch out. Be mevater. Plug into the world of letting it go because otherwise you are going to get yourself into a burning house. What do I mean when I say hats? Well, this is Chazara for people who know already what hats is. Hat stands for, this is a, Something that Baruch Hashem I was able to be mechaven to, let's call it. And that is H stands for hungry, A stands for angry, T stands for tired, and S stands for stressed. Meaning, if you see, for whatever reason it is, I'm jumping right into this today because this is really pivotal. If you see for whatever reason it is, you see your husband or your wife like acting very, very intolerant, impatient, low tolerance level they just they have no patience and they're upset and they're just overwhelmed and they're just they're acting pretty not nice let's say they're attacking they're criticizing they're uh they're they're just being very very nasty for lack of a better term and instead of like you know jumping into the flame with them and triangulating triangulating yourself in in their like Craziness, let's call it. Just know they have their hats on. I can almost promise you. They have their hats on. Either they're hungry or they're or they're tired or they're stressed or they're sick or they might have a hormonal imbalance. Whatever it is, it's something to do with their physiology. That's what it is. It's physiology, physiology, some sort of impairment in their physiology. Now, A is the symptom of it, meaning if they're angry, they're so angry. You might find yourself that. You might find yourself, maybe this morning, you found yourself like, you're so upset, so upset. Like, what? You, you promised, your husband promised you to leave you money. Why did he leave you money? I can't believe this guy. He's so upset. Well, you know what? Let's calm down. Let's remember we have our hats on. Why? Because we're rushed. We're overwhelmed. Maybe we didn't sleep. So we have to know that about ourselves and we have to control ourselves. Of course, it's easy to say control ourselves. I don't mean control your emotions. Your emotions aren't what you are. But the cast, meaning like don't, vent it out, don't attack, don't criticize, don't crush your spouse because you're in a bad mood. It's just not fair. Now, on the receiving end of, the, of it, 
Remember, your spouse is wearing their hats. Instead of telling them, why are you so upset? Calm down. Don't go that route. Don't go that route. The only route that you can go in is being a vater, plug into the world of being a vater, letting it go, and just giving your spouse time because that's all your spouse needs, maybe to eat, maybe to sleep, maybe they're in a rush. That's what I wanted to add this denim today. That's a very important, pivotal piece here. I'm not discuss this. When I say stress, it's very, very important because I've seen this actually. S, of course, is stress, but I want you to add on also this pivotal piece, rush. If you see that your husband or your wife is in a rush, do not, do not engage them, in negotiate with them, attack them, ask them why they're doing this, that you don't understand, how come they're acting so nasty and mean. They're in a rush. Let them pass this rush, you know, that it's just... Give them, t- give them the time, let them go to work, let them go to the doctor, let them go wherever they have to do. Otherwise, you're going you, to get yourself entangled in a flame that could last the whole day. Just let it go, be mevater, and let it go. I just wanted to add that piece for those of you who heard my hats uh, class. Important, because you know, good and well, you've seen yourself with your hats on, your husband with your hats on, your wife with your hats on. So be prepared for another piece I just want to tell you also. This is very important, really helps. Because again, this show is really about skills and tools, about what you can actually do as opposed to just feel good. That's like this. If you see that you have your hats on, this is, this is, this is very difficult what I'm about to say because I know that, it, it, let's call it a high-level skill, a very high-level skill. And if you just got married, you might not be able to do this. Maybe you will. If you could, that'd be amazing. But if you see that you're overwhelmed, for whatever reason it is, and you see yourself like you're very, very angry or you're overwhelmed or you're wildly stressed and you find yourself attacking or criticizing or, or engaging or, or belitt- belittling, first of all, stop. First of all, stop and know to yourself that you need, you need a break. Take a break. Divert your attention to elsewhere, number one. But number two, which is also critical, realize you have your hats on. Realize it's on and communicate that to your spouse because otherwise your spouse is going to take you seriously. Meaning, there's nothing wrong with turning to your wife and saying to her, listen, I, I know I'm a little bit crazy this morning, but I, I really didn't get enough sleep. You know, I wake up, I, I just I couldn't sleep all night. I'm a little, a little crazy. Don't take me seriously. Like you said, don't take me seriously. Doesn't mean you give you have rishus now to talk like like an animal. But what it does mean is that your wife knows now that you have your hats on. Again, don't expect your spouse to do this on autopilot. This doesn't happen like regularly. It takes a high level, it's a high level skill, but if you can plug into that, it can bring so much more shalom bias into your house. Really, really so much more shalom bias into your house. Okay, fine. I wanna move on now. I wanna move on to something that I feel, and again, and most of the topics that I pick really is for people who I'm working with, I see patterns, I see themes, and I'm like, okay, let's discuss this because this is important, I see it's happening. This is, this is a theme I think exists literally in every marriage. Literally, if you're married and you're listening to this, I think you can relate to this issue. What am I talking about? Finances. That's what I'm talking about. Finances, I'm talking about money, money, money issues, money problems, money challenges. Ladies and gentlemen, let's face it, life here in America is very, very expensive. And so those of you who are listening to this, maybe, I know people listen to this show everywhere and every, you know, Gotten feedback from Mexico, from 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 different places in Europe, from Eretz Yisrael. A lot of people listen to Eretz Yisrael. Life is expensive. Life life is expensive, especially for us from Yidden, religious Jews. Life is very very expensive. It's 
takes a lot of money to survive. This is the way it is. It's not you. It's not your family. I mean, you think about it, whether you're mortgaging your house or whether you're renting your house. You're going to have to pay. That's one of the biggest expenses. Then you have car payments. Let's not even start talking about tuition. Tuition is, is, is unreal. Unreal. And what? We're not going to have children because we can't pay tuition? It's not the way we work, right? So like, But then we have the expenses. It's an incredible expense, tuition. Then there's camp. I mean, camp. Here we are. Summer's coming up. This is a live show, by the way. Let's mention this. This is a live show, May 28th, 2015. I will be taking your text. Belina there later, if you have any questions. Comments or feedback later, I will take your text on 347-927-8398. We'll discuss it soon. But what I'm saying to you is that life is expensive. Yamtif, Shabbos, those of you who are older couples who are marrying off children. Those of you who are younger couples, by the way, who have not married off children. You don't even know what to expect. I'm talking about so many expenses. Of course, Kaddish Baruch, we have Amuna, we have Betachon and Hashem, and of course Hashem is going to help. But it creates a lot of of stress, a lot of stress in the house. Many of the machlokas, much of the fighting in the houses is because of money issues. I think people listen, you know exactly what I'm talking about. It's money issues. Those of you who have not had a quarrel about a money issue, okay, we'll meet you. But this is this is this is pretty much common in almost every relationship. Because there are people who have much money, and we'll talk about that soon. For those of you who do have money, Baruch Hashem Akashbah, who blessed you with a nice parnasa. You still have challenges with money. <laughs> you do, and you know it. So we'll talk about it. But let's talk about let's talk about all of you who are really struggling. Uh, the, the struggling. We're all struggling, right? Struggling with the finances, the rent, and, and the camp, and, and the pressure, and and, and then health insurance, and, and it's just one, the clothing and the shoes, and we go on and on and on. We just and we just had a yamtif. I mean, those of you, you know, this was an easy yamtif financially, you know. Comparatively speaking, talk about Pesach. Okay, so you know, technically speaking, technically, technically speaking, you know, I'm coming to you, ladies and gentlemen, today, not from a therapeutical end. This is not, you know, this is not about therapy today. This is about this is about responsibility. This is about communication. This is about good relationships. What I mean by that is, of course, there's no question about it. As Torah-observant Jews, Yidin, we know that it's technically the man's responsibility to bring the parnasa in the house. For those of you men who doubt this, maybe you should take and find your ksuva, okay? Take a look at it and see whose responsibility it is to provide for the house. Now, men, before you get upset at me, don't, don't get upset at me yet, don't get upset at me. I, maybe that, that comment you know, got on your nerves. I, I apologize. But let's just understand, as men, that is our responsibility. Okay, great. And what's the woman's responsibility? The woman's responsibility is to take care of whatever take things that she has to take care of home. Okay, fine. Those of you who doubt this, you can speak to your posik, you can speak to your rav, speak to your chacham. I'm sure they'll tell you the same. However, we have to be realistic. What do I mean by that? We live in a world, we live with financial needs that are way and above a possibility for many of us to survive. What that means is that many women in the community are working. Many women in the community are working. They might be working full-time, they might be working part-time, and they're doing this with an understanding that there has to be more parnasa in the house. And as loving mothers caring for their family, they realize that, okay, I have to go out to work. 
not a bad thing. It's a very, very good thing. And it's very helpful. And it, it might be necessary in your situation. It might be necessary. Really, and I'm saying this again. It might be necessary in your situation that the women who are listening to this, you might be working now. Maybe you're going to hear this show. Man, well, today I was Thursday at 11, so I don't know. Maybe you have a job later on. Maybe you don't have a job later on. Maybe at night. Maybe you're going to hear this rebroadcast on Monday. But I will tell you like this. In certain cases, it's necessary for women to work. It is necessary in today's society. Is it an obligation for the woman to work? No, it's not her obligation. But in realistically speaking, it is necessary for it to happen. Okay, great. And most women don't resent that. They understand that. They totally understand that. Problem is, is what happens when a woman is making money of her own and the man is making money of his own but he's not making enough, and he knows this, he knows, and he feels that it's his responsibility, but now he has his wife helping him, and now he has certain expectations of the money that's coming from his wife, where it goes to, where it doesn't go to, v'chula, v'chula, v'chula. And we're going to talk about it in a second. I know this is a very touchy-feely type of subject, but I think it's important because I see there's a lot of machlokas surrounding this particular thing. So let's just, again, number one, no question about it. As far as the Torah is concerned, the man's responsibility is the parnasa in the house. The woman's responsibility is to take care of the house, take care of the kids, laundry, cleaning, etc., whatever. I actually just checked this just like to make sure with a post-take this morning before I had to show him, like before I say this, to make sure everything is right. And he told me, yes, 1,000%. However, realistically speaking, realistically speaking, in, in America and other countries, we have women who work. Maybe they work part-time. Many men, and I have this a lot, many men are upset that their wives are not working and they're disgruntled about that and that's causing a certain sense of resentment. Now, in certain situations, actually, let's move back. Again, men, it's not their responsibility. It's your responsibility. Now, in certain situations where your wife wants to work, she would work, she could work, she's trying to work and maybe she's just being lazy, she doesn't care about it, that's not real. That doesn't really happen because most women, if not all women, if they see their husband struggling, they can't pay tuition, they can go out and work. If they can do it and not take care of the kids unless they had an arrangement before, they're going to try to do what they can. But sometimes the women just can't. They really can't. They would love to help their husbands, but they simply cannot. They don't have the skills. They don't have the tools. There are children at home that have to be raised. They cannot do it. Let's not be upset at our wives because they're not going out to work. For those of you men who are listening to this and your wives are home right now taking care of the children, that is their role. That is their role. Of course, if I come from a therapeutic end, secular therapeutic end, I will tell you, well, maybe that wasn't the arrangement at the end. But as observant Torah Jews, we know it's the responsibility of the husband. Now, women are pitching in. Of course, they're pitching in. They're realizing that they sometimes they might have to pitch in. Otherwise, there's not going to be food in the home. It's not your family. It's everyone. Many, many women are out working today. But if your wife is not working, let's not feel resentful. Let's not be upset. Let's not get that under our skin. It's not their responsibility. And maybe they just can't. Maybe they don't have their skills for that. Maybe it's just not worth it at the end of the day. They're going to go working and they're going to pay the babysitter. At the end of the day, it's all going to balance out. It's not worth it. So instead of bringing the resentment into the house, instead... Be mevater, daven to HaKadosh Baruch Hu for more parnasa, and Be'ez Hashem HaKadosh Baruch Hu will help you. If your wife was able to work, she would work. But you have seven kids, Kanaina Hara, and she wants to take care of them, and if she's not going to take care of them, she's going to have to pay a babysitter, you're going to make what? $30 a day? It's not worth it. 
Some women are working. I'm not saying that. But we have to understand, you know, our benchmark is not how we feel. Our benchmark is a Torah. Our benchmark is a Kaddish Baruch Hu. So we have to try to do whatever we can. But if we can't, we can't. If you're going to bring machlokas into your home, men, I'm sorry to say this. I, you know, I don't mean this in a bad way. But you're going to bring machlokas into your home. That's not going to be a bracha for your parnasa. That's not going to be a bracha. Chas v'shalom, it could be the other way. So let go of the resentment. Let go of how come you're not working. Understand that, in essence, it's really our achrayas as a man. If our, women, if our wives are helping us, that's wonderful. Realistically, in certain situations, women could help. They do help. If they can't, they can't. In essence, it's really not their responsibility. Not to say, ladies, that obviously those of you who are working shouldn't be working in a realistic environment. Kadosh Baruch Hu realizes, and most, I should say most, Many, many, many from couples today have double income. So we have to balance both sides. That's my point. We have to balance both sides and make sure not to bring the machlokas into the home. Okay. For the ladies that are working out there, there are pitfalls that you might encounter, which I don't want you to suffer because you do not know what to do when you get into these pitfalls. What am I talking about? I'm talking about the following. What I'm talking about is that, yes, many women are working. Many women are working. But men, understand one thing. Don't let it become an entitlement. It has to stay a situation where you realize, of course, it's my responsibility as a man to work for the family. The fact that you're working, I really, really appreciate it. It helps me a lot. But don't let it become an entitlement. So first part is, Appreciate, really do appreciate. It's not her, you know, it, it, it's not a chiv at all, bichlal, for her to work. If she's doing it, it's an extra and we have to appreciate it. Don't let it become an entitlement because if it becomes an entitlement, that could strangle the marriage. Let me give you a couple of, of ex- explicit examples of what I'm talking about. First of all, men, if your wives are working, please let them keep some of the money for themselves. Now, don't get into the Maisei dying bit with me. I actually spoke to a Chashva Paisik this morning about this. It's not so pushit. It's not so simple that the fact that she's working, it's your Maisei the Maisei dime is yours, and it all goes to you. It's really, really not so simple. And there's a whole uh, Torah to talk about it, but that's not my role over here today. My role over here today is to make sure that you have a good marriage, not to start speaking about what the Lamaisadika Halacha is. Because if you're going to start with the Lamaisadika Halacha, you're not going to get anywhere. Your marriage is, is going to disintegrate. Marriage is not about, well, Lamaisa, my Yadayim, oh, that. Marriage, and I, I want to quote the person who said this, I just don't remember their name. I think it was Rabbi Greenberg. I think it was Rabbi Greenberg, who said, you know, marriages, marriages, you're standing outside with a couple of people, and all of a sudden, the house you're standing next to collapses. You don't get hurt, and the person next to you doesn't get hurt. And you know there are people in this collapse, and the people are screaming in there because they want to they be saved. You're not going to go over to, the, to, to this wrecked house, whoever's standing there, okay, everybody listen, I'm going to take one piece, then you take one piece, then you take one piece, everybody remove one piece. Okay, one Two, three. Let's do it again. One, two. You don't do that. That's ridiculous. Everybody just takes as much as they can, removes as much as they can, and try to save the people. That's what marriage is about. If you're going to get into the tit for tat, it's your mice, your diam, it's my mice, your diam, it's this, it's that, it's the other thing. That's not a marriage. Of course, there are base responsibilities. I'm not saying that. 
But if your wife is working, trust me on this one, let her keep part of the money for herself. She's going to feel resentful at them. When I say my, part of the money, I am not talking. I'm not getting a lot of men upset with this, Joe. I'm sorry. But I'm, believe you me, you know I'm doing this for your good. I, I work with couples. I know the problems out there. So please, don't be upset at me. You know, I'm telling you the way it is. Let your wife keep part of it for herself. She can feel that she could spend some money on a shaitl, some money on, on a dress, some money for herself. It's important. Of course, she's trying to help you, but it's important to always consistently allow her to have that something for herself. It is pivotal. Trust me on this one. It's pivotal for her to have something for herself. Fine. That's number one. Number two, if you can arrange it, if it's possible, that a some of the money that she's working for is going straight for the children's expenses in certain areas. For example, tuition or camp or whatever it is, it'll make it easier on your wife. Because this way, as a mother, big part of her stress, or I say most of the stress when it comes to finances, is, for those of you who have children, is the children, is the children that they're not going to be able to go to camp this summer. I, I want them to go to this camp. I can't afford it. So I'll work fine, but I want the money to go straight to the camp. Allow men, allow that money, the, the money to go for the camp. Now, great. If there's money left over and you have some sort of arrangement, I'm not going to tell you. I'm not sitting here telling you what the arrangement you should have. I'm not telling you exactly what the arrangement should be, but I'll give you basic guidelines and I'll tell you what's normal. So what's normal is that, yes, part of it your wife keeps for herself so she could feel herself. Part of it can go straight for the children's expenses and then part of it could go into the family pot. I'm not telling you this has to happen this way. I'm telling you from experience working with couples, this is what works. Why does this work? Because number one, the woman feels that she has some of her own money and she could spend it on herself. Number two, the fact that money is going straight for the children, that gives her a feeling she doesn't, she's not supporting the family as if to say. And then a certain amount of money is going into the family pot so the man could feel like, oh wow, you're helping me. She doesn't have to do this for you. She does not have to do this for you. The Parnas is a man's responsibility. Yes, go ask your of. Making this stuff up. But we have to be realistic in today's world. So if your wife is working, she realizes she needs you need more money. So this is this is the this is the structure that I see works with couples. This is the structure. Now you might have a deviance on your little financial policy. That's okay. That's okay. Doesn't mean because Rabbi Greenfield said to do it this way. You have to do it this way. You might have something that works for yourself. That's also good. I'm just telling you what I see works. Many couples, Baruch Hashem, that I work with, and that's the structure that I feel works. Now, like this. Next, next thing, very important. I know I'm touching a, a very, very sensitive topic today, but this is, it's important, it's important. Next, if your wife has extra money, yes, what am I talking about? Okay, she paid for the kids' camps. And she, you know, she gives you always a certain amount of, amount of money for you to help with your basic expenses. And then you have, and she happened to have made more money. So now the husband turns to the wife and says, you know, I have more expenses. I have more expenses this summer. So could you please give me money? I give you money. Again, men, we're not entitled to their money. My, don't go into the mice dying bit with me. Please don't because you're going to wreck your marriage. You're going to wreck your marriage. Even if you prove to me that you're right. You send me text. Oh, the Gemara says... First of all, I'm telling you, I spoke to a chash of a posek this morning, and he told me it's not so pashit. You want to go to a din with your wife? Is that what you want to do? Like, seriously, seriously, you'll get the same thing. Kodesh will give you parnasa. The parnasa comes from Hashem, not from your wife. Okay. Again, 
If your wife made extra money this month, you cannot demand that money from her. We cannot do that. As hard as it is, you want to talk about your extra expenses if she volunteers to give you the money? That's great. You appreciate that. She doesn't have to give you nothing. You could talk about it. It's not her responsibility. Same way. She's not going to tell you, well, you know what? I had such a hard Sorry, but you're going to have to do the laundry, and you're going to have to clean the dishes, and I also want you to take care of all the house needs. Of course, there are men who help. I'm not saying, and that's we're going to talk about that soon, by the way, how important it is for men to pitch in also. But there are certain responsibilities. A woman can't say, well, I'm sorry. I, I, I'm, just, I'm just too overwhelmed this week. You're going to have to do the laundry. What? You can ask for help for the laundry, and your husband might help, and he should help. But we can't demand. Again, the word, is, the word I'm talking about is entitlement. We're not entitled to that, not, not from the Torah. So if your wife has extra money, you can't demand that from her. She could do what she wants. It's her money. She could do whatever she wants with it. She wants to help. She can help. If you have expenses, you could talk about it. By the way, I have so many expenses this month. It's crazy, crazy, crazy. I don't know what I'm going to do. And if she wants to volunteer, give her the extra money, goes on to hate. And ladies who are listening to this, maybe that is the smart thing to do. Maybe. I'm not telling you have to do this. Maybe it is the smart thing to help for your husband. If you love him and you see him being stressed and you have the extra money. I'm not saying that you have to do this. But again, it's that building that collapsed. That we're trying to just be there. Not tit for tat. But we're just trying to help as much as we can to save the people inside. And that's what marriage is all about. Okay. Now. Um, next. Men. I'm sorry, guys, but this is, I have to say this. If you find yourself that you're short on money for the month, it, it, you're short. You're just short. You don't have enough. You, you, they're going to disconnect the bills, the, the, the electricity tomorrow, or the auto insurance is going to be expired, or the premium for health insurance it might not be expired. We can't go to our wives and say, oh, I, I need more money from you. I need more money. Can't do that. If she volunteers and you tell her the situation she wants to give, you could be appreciative. However, however, the point is, I want, to, I want to get to borrowing money. Many of us, borrowing money from your wives. If you're borrowing money from your wives, which is fine. You can, you can have an arrangement like that, you know? Okay, you know, I know you have certain money you put for yourself, but is it okay if I borrow another $100? I'm going to feel very embarrassed borrowing it from uh, my parents or my brother or my whatever. If you're going to borrow money from your wife, I just want to tell you one thing. Please. Make sure to give it back. Make sure I can't tell you how many machlokas and I've dealt with, with husbands who've borrowed and borrowed and borrowed and just don't give it back. Now it's it's one thing, you know, you borrow from your wife and you say to her, "I'm borrowing money, but I'm telling you now, I don't know when I'm going to be able to give it back. I don't know." And she might say, "Fine, I can't give it to you. I need I need to know." So she'll say, "I need to know. Tell me a date that you are going to give me back the money. Tell me the date. No problem." I actually have an extra $100 this month. I was going to spend it on uh, doing my shaitel, but it's really not so important for me. I see you're suffering. You can borrow $100. But listen to me a second. Um, I need to know, when are you giving back to me that money? Can you give it back to me next? Give a, Get a date. Get a solid date from your husband. And men, make sure you give it back. If you borrow a manas that you're not going to give it back, it's a different story. Your wife could do this. She could not do it. It's up to her. But if you're going to borrow it, I'll manas that, you're going to give it back. Make sure to give it back. And don't pull a Shiba, I think Shiba Derbyaisi. Don't pull one of those where later on you say to her, oh, I know that. I told her I'm going to give it back to you. But now I actually, I need it for another week. 
So can I have another week? You know what? If you have the money on her, on you, give it back to your wife. Say to her, here's the $100 that you gave me last week. Then you're going you're gonna to use it for your shaitel. Here's the $100 back. Now, can I ask you a silly question? Can I borrow $100 for another week? That's okay, because you're responsible. Guys, do you hear me? I can't tell you how important this part is. Because you're responsible. And if your wife feels that you're not responsible, she's going to start resenting you. This is a fact. I'm telling you a fact. This is it. If you're going to borrow money from your wife and you're not going to give it to her back, she's going to start feeling that you're irresponsible and resentful. Now, ladies who are listening to this and are thinking, oh my gosh, Rabbi Greenfield, this is exactly my husband. Please don't get upset at your husband. He never heard the show. He doesn't know this stuff and he has to hear it, okay? But the point is, men who are listening to this, please give back that money. If you want to borrow it for another week, at least give it back and say, can I have it for another week? Okay, then she'll decide. But she wants to know that you're responsible. And if she starts feeling that you're irresponsible, she loses respect for you. When she loses respect for you, you're not going to get what you need because we all need that validation. We all need that feeling of achievement. And we're not going to feel that if our wife disrespects us, Chas That's why this is an important piece. But again, ladies, don't get upset at your husbands now by listening to this. I don't want to cause my chlaikis, but I hope the men are listening to this so they'll know in the future. It's all about working this in the future. Okay, now, if your husband is sitting in cola, this is what we're talking about. Whatever. If your husband is sitting in cola, so obviously the arrangement was in the beginning of the marriage that he's sitting in kolel and you're supporting the family. Fine. That's his contribution to the family, his Torah, which is priceless. So you are getting schusim for the fact that you're supporting your husband. Wonderful, wonderful. There might be a time that you can't do it anymore. And say, your husband, I know that we had this arrangement, but Kaddish Baruch was not letting us do it anymore. We didn't know we're going to have all these expenses. We didn't know we're going to have all these expenses. But if your husband's sitting at Kola, fine. But remember, a man has an instinctive feeling of responsibility for finances. So if you could let him be in control of the bills, that'd be great. Some some men don't. There's exceptional. There are exceptional cases that that uh, men don't uh, can't deal with the bills. They just can't deal with it. But it, it, you want your husband to have a feeling like he's the man. He's the gavra. So even if he's in kolel, you want to have like an arrangement where he doesn't have to like, oh, can I have money? Can I have money? It's a very, very disheartening feeling for any man. It's a very disheartening feeling for any man, really. So that's it's important not to that to that. Now, the other thing is, if you're, ladies, if you're working, okay, and you're helping the family, I, I'm telling you one thing for sure. Your husband is not happy about it. And that's that's the challenge because on one hand, you want him to be appreciative and he has to be appreciative. I'm not saying that. Of course, be appreciative. But it's hard for him because he's challenged with the fact that he wanted to be able to support this family himself. That's something instinctive for every man. And a woman cannot really understand the depth of this. The same way a man is not going to understand the depth of the connection that a mother has for her children and wanting to have children. A, a, a woman will never understand the depth of the man's feeling of responsibility for his family. And he understands that, okay, you're helping him. But I have this many cases here. Where, what? That women have to understand. Ladies, again, I'm saying this for your good. What 
let's understand your husband, if you feel he's not being appreciated enough for the fact that you're going out to work, it's not because he's really not appreciating it. It's because it's the whole issue makes him feel very, very, very uncomfortable. I had many men who told me this. However, guys, this is not an excuse not to be appreciative. I'm trying to like, you know, lessen the pain for the women to really explain what's going on. But it's definitely on us, if our wives are working, to appreciate it on a constant basis and say to our wives, thank you very much. I really appreciate it. And if they're contributing money, giving you money, not to say, okay, thank you. Here, thank you. I really appreciate it. It makes a very big difference for your wives. It does. It does. It's important. And it makes a very big difference for your wife. Okay. Now, if for whatever reason, boy, this is, this, uh, I know this is a tough topic here, tough topic here today, but it's important. It's important. If for whatever reason it is, Ladies, you cannot help anymore with fun. Let's say you were you were working and now you can't work anymore. You just you can't. For whatever reason it is. Really, whatever reason it is, you can't. Why can't you? Because maybe you were laid off. Maybe the position that you're in is too difficult for you. You never knew that it'll be so hard for you. Maybe you see that it's affecting your children and, and your children are really suffering because you're not at home and it just doesn't make sense. Definitely you're within your right. There's no question about it. And men who disagree with me, go speak to your wife. I have no problem. Wives, technically speaking, are within the right to say, I'd love to help you, but I just can't. I just can't anymore because of A, B, C, and D. So whatever. Now, obviously, ladies, there are going to be ramifications, meaning if you're not going to work, then it's going to be much more difficult for your husband. But you know what? Akadosh Baruch Hu could give him more parnasa. Of course, Akadosh Baruch Hu could give him more parnasa. He can get a raise. He can find another job. If he's in a business, he can make more money. And that's important for the men to remember. The parnasa comes from Akadosh Baruch Hu. If your wife really cannot work for whatever reason it is, and she decides she can't work anymore, you can't say to her, "Too bad, you're working." No, you can't, we can't do that. If it gets into a you know into a situation where you feel find yourself at a gridlock. Go to your rav. Go to your rav. Go to a posik. I'll tell you exactly what to do. But it shouldn't get there. It really shouldn't get there. It shouldn't get to that type of situation. If your wife can't work anymore or can't make as much money anymore, she can't do it. Fine. You know what, men? If we accept it, if we accept it in a shalom type of way, b'shalva, with menuchas and we say, you know what? No problem. Mitzvah will give me more money. And I can tell you several cases. Literally, I'm not... This is several cases this happened, couples that I was personally involved with, that women could not make so much money, and the parnasa of the husband started going up. It just, that's it, right? This is an area of betachar and emunah, and of course, akash bogey more parnasa. And this doesn't mean, ladies, you just, okay, come tonight and tell your, your husband's, okay, fine, I can't work anymore. I mean, you have to be realistic. In today's society, in today's, like we said, there are so many expenses today. But if whatever reason it is, it's the men are not entitled for it. It's not, ladies, it's not your responsibility. It's not your responsibility. It's not. We have to be realistic, of course, and see what happens. You don't want to suffer either. You don't want to live in a house with no money. Okay, do what you want. But men, it's important to accept in B'Shalom Shalva. But ladies, here's an, here's an important piece. If for whatever reason it is, you can't work anymore or you can't make as much as money anymore, again, don't get technical with your husband. Don't tell your husband, well, you know it's not my responsibility. Don't do that. Don't do that. Please, you're going to wreck your shalom bias. Tell your husband, I feel horrible. I hate doing this. I really want to continue working in this job. It's not working for me. I, 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 I don't know, you know what to tell you because I know that you're struggling so much, but 
as far as I'm myself, I, I'm going to have to switch positions. I know it doesn't pay so much money or I, I can't work any or whatever it is, but do it with empathy. Do it with feelings. Feel for your husband. If you feel for your husband when you do it and you express it like that, it's a whole different dynamic. Everything changes. If you're going to be technical with him and say to him, well, I'm not working anymore. I'm taking care of the kids. Let's say you say that, right? It's going to be a machlokas because naturally what happens is human nature is that we start feeling entitled. It's not right. By the way, it's not right. Not right. It might even be us, sir. But that's what it is. You know, I want to tell you, I want to tell you something interesting. I heard this running out of time. Boy, we had so much material today, but I'm like, okay, we're sticking on this. This is an important topic though. Okay. Like this, like this. There was a very interesting story. I want to share this story with you. A couple, I think a couple of weeks ago, there's a man in, I think it was Nebraska, one of these you know, states, whatever it was. And he was an employer. He had, let's say, he was, he was employing, let's say, 50 people. And he was paying every person a certain amount of money, what he feels that this person was producing, whatever it is. He was paying his employees, let's say he was paying most of his employees around $25,000, $30,000, some a little bit more, some a little less. And he was making most of the money, right? Normal capitalism, fine. One day, he decides that he, he read an article somewhere in the New York Times that the income for a family, if pe most people, if they have around, I think, $75,000, I know some of you are listening to the $75,000 in, in our community is not necessarily a lot, okay? But in the secular world, let's call it, $75,000, you have two kids, right? $75,000, that is more than enough for you to make it. So he said, you know what? I don't want my employees to struggle, he said. I'm going to pay every single one of my employees enough money so they won't have to worry about their finances. $75,000. He actually went way above and aboard, and he said, I'm only going to take $75,000 for myself, he said. This is a true story. And there was discussions about it. There were different discussions about this, that. I read a beautiful article. This is actually written by a Republican commentator. And what did he say? He said, this sounds really great, right? It sounds wonderful. But the problem is it's socialism. What do you mean? Because everybody's getting the same amount. So what's wrong? They're all getting $75,000. Great. But you know what the problem is? The problem is down the line. Not now. Now everybody's going to be so happy. Thank you. You're paying me $75,000. I'm going to work so hard for you. I'm going to do whatever I can for you. But in five years from now, when it all wears off, people are going to start feeling entitled. They're going to start feeling like that. Sekumtmir, that's the expression in Yiddish. Sekumtmir, what do you mean? This is what I have to get. This is, you know, Sekumtmir, I deserve this. I deserve this. I, this is my trade. And they're going to go back to the boss in certain situations and say, you know what? I really appreciate you gave me $75,000, but I'm a little bit different. I have, my family's not just two, two kids. I have four kids, five kids, six kids, and I need more money. Could you give me more money? Like, what? What do you mean? Chutzpah. How could you ask for more? So that's, you have your own expenses, that's your deal. Go get another job. Chutzpah, you're going to come to me? But people are going to do that. People are going to do that. And I believe they tracked it with another case, and they saw that, indeed, that's what happens to us. People start feeling entitled. When we get certain things, when we receive certain things, either from, first of all, from, from a Kaddish Baruch that's the biggest sense of entitlement, you know. But number two, from other people, from our spouses. If your wives are working, we start having a sense of entitlement. 
It's human nature, ladies. It's human nature. Is it right? No, of course it's not right. But you want a machlokas in your home? So tell your husband, I would love to continue working. And I feel terrible. I don't know what to tell you because you're suffering with the thing. But I, I just can't. I can't work anymore. Because you see the kids are suffering. I can't. I'm not saying you should do this like on the dime. Obviously, you got to be very careful with this. But if for whatever reason is you feel like you're forced to at least, or not make as much money, at least give your husband that feeling where I know it's so difficult for you and I feel terrible. Not, well, I don't have to do it anyway for you because this is, this is reality. You know, I mean, we could talk technicality, but I'm talking reality. Okay, what I am going to do, right? Okay, I want to move on. I want to move on. I want to move on to a lot of you listening to this and could relate to this. However, a lot of you who are listening to this and saying, okay, I hear what you're saying about Greenfield, but Baruch Hashem, Baruch Hashem, Baruch Hashem, Baruch Hashem, my husband makes enough money to support me and the kids, and we have Baruch Hashem, Parnas is not an issue. Parnas is not an issue. So we don't have to worry about this. Uh, 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 uh. You really do have to worry about it. There's a whole array of issues for you as well. We're going to get to that in a couple of seconds. We are first going to have a little break. So hang on. And if you have any questions, I'll be able to take some questions because we're running out of time. We are seriously running out of time today. I must end at 59. So you can text me, 347-927-8398. That's 347-927-8398. Hang in there. Mr. Shem, we will be right There's a story and a song I watch 
welcome back to Ray Mahovim. This is Rabbi Yitz Greenfield, MS Marriage and Family Therapy. Okay, what we were talking about, for those of you who did, were not with us before the break, was finances and all the complex issues that surround finances and what to do when it comes to financial issues, especially women who are working, husbands who are not making enough money, etc., etc., etc. Now, what we're up to right now is for those of you who are listening here and you're thinking to yourself, okay, Rabbi Greenfield, you spoke about people who don't have, but Bar Hashem, we have, we have. Though I will say, I think today most people. Um, realistically, are struggling. But there are people, there are people who, Baruch Hashem, Baruch Hashem, they have. So, what is there anything I should know? Okay, here's a story. And I'm telling you, this is not just, you know, based, based it's not text-based. It is text-based, but it's really more experience-based. And that is like this. Ladies, if your husband is making Baruch Hashem and has a nice parnasa, Baruch Hashem, that's a big bracha. It's a big bracha. Maybe, you know, hopefully you have no challenges. Maybe you have other challenges. But what's very, very important, and I have this a lot with, with men who, who Baruch Hashem make parnasah, is to consult whenever you can. What am I talking about? There are certain expenses, especially when it comes to the children, that you might feel is normal. It's very normal. And by the way, it might really be normal. I'm not saying it's not normal. But trust me, let your husband decide. I don't mean that he shouldn't give you. I don't mean that you're going to walk away from this and say, okay, great, I know if I'm asking him, he's not going to give. No. I'm talking about speak to him, connect to him, and then tell him, I'm just wondering if it's okay. I'm telling you right now, first of all, 99% he will agree. 99% he will agree. On the exceptional cases where he won't agree, because you have parnasa. I'm not talking about, excuse me, I'm talking about people who don't have. I'm talking about people who have parnasa. You have plenty of money. 99% of the time, he will agree. What's getting under his nerves is when he opens up those credit card bills and he sees all these bills and he wasn't consulted for it. That's what's getting under his nerves. Will he tell you, you know, I'd rather you do this instead of that or the other thing, whatever? He might. He might tell you that. You're not going to lose out, but you know what you're going you're gonna to win? You're going to win not having a resentful husband who sometimes comes back home and you see he's all sour and subrachan and upset at you, and you're like, what did I do? Well, guess what? He just sold the credit card bill. So now he's all upset. Why is he upset? He's upset because you did not consult him. He might tell you you spent outrageous amounts of money. Now, by the way, there are, I'm sorry to say, I have seen cases where women do spend, oh boy, do they spend. But most cases is not like this. Most cases, if you would consult your husband, he doesn't understand, he doesn't chop that it's camp, and that the kids, maybe they don't, maybe they need an extra pair of shirts or an extra pair of sneakers or an extra pair of whatever. And again, I'm talking to people now who can afford it. I'm not talking about the people who are struggling. They might actually have to work together their husbands to explain that I can do it, right? Fine. But what I'm saying here, what I'm saying here, and I'm looking at text, I am not gonna have time to answer all these texts. I'll try to do whatever I can. But you could definitely ask. I'll try to answer after the show. Blinander. But what I'm saying, for those of you who have Parnassah, ladies, please, for your Shalom bias, you'll get to spend what you need. Trust me. I know, more, I know, 
I know good and well, and by the way, husbands who don't know this, your wives are spending on the children, those who have children. They're spending on the children. Most of what they're spending, they're not spending on themselves. And if you find that your wife is spending on herself wild and crazy amount of money, chances are you have a shalom bias problem in your house. I am very serious. Women don't need to spend money. If they're spending tons of money on themselves, they're treating themselves because their husband is not there for them. And this is a big, 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 big red flag to the shalom bias problems. I'm not saying always, but I could tell you almost most cases. Because, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm a very big believer. You know, the guy, they call it humanistic psychology. What I call it is that we all really good people. You, you wouldn't have married your wife if she wasn't a good person. I know you wouldn't have. So if she's spending crazy amounts of money, there's a problem. There's a problem. But ladies, the same thing. Consult your husband. Come to your husband and tell him. Tell him like this. Tell your husband as follows. Tell your husband, I know you work very hard for the money, and I know we usually spend, I usually spend, let's say, $500 a week, $1,000, everybody's got their own little thing. But camp is coming. Is it okay if I spend A, B, C, D, F, G? Let him give you a budget. He'll give you a budget. It'll be much better. I have the cases, ladies, I deal with these cases where husbands come to me, very wealthy ones. Many of them are very wealthy. And they'll tell me, my wife spends like crazy. Now, I could tell them, well, you can afford it. So why are you making a big issue? Why are you making an issue? Just let it go. Well, I try to let it go, but it bothers me. So instead, what I'm saying, ladies, is consult with your husbands. Give him the feeling that he's in control. You'll get the same thing. Trust me, you're going to get the same thing. Most of the stuff, tell him, well, you don't think that the children need shoes for need new sneakers for the, for the summer. But I'm telling you, what, I'm telling you, if we take a look, he's like, okay, fine, fine, no problem. But at least you came over to me, he says. And this one most husbands tell me. At least she comes over to me. When she comes over to me, it's a whole different world. It's a whole different world. Okay, I'm, I'm look, okay. by the way, those of you who have comments, feedback, Questions you can text 347-927-8398. 347-927-8398. I see I see a bunch of them here. I'm gonna be able to address maybe one of them. Okay, hold on a second here. Okay. What if my wife is a doctor and I am a Rebbe? Okay. Okay, I, I, I understand your question. I understand your question. First of all, your your feelings probably are very, you know, very intertwined, very Uncomfortable. I mean, on one hand, you she's a doctor. You're happy she's a doctor. She's bringing Parnassa, but and you're a Rebbe. Well, guess what? First of all, if you're a Rebbe, what you're doing is unbelievable. We have to remember there are two bank accounts. You have the physical one in Chase Bank, and you have the one in Shemayim. What you're doing as a Rebbe is phenomenal. And number two, as long as your wife plugs in to the tools and skills that we spoke about and gives you some sort of level of some sort of control that would help her. Hopefully she'll listen to the show and she'll be able to do it. We ran out of time. Rest of the comments and text. I will bleed out the answer offline. Again, the text is 347-927-8398. 347-927-8398. Thank you so much for listening. To Ray Mahoven, this is Rabbi Yitz Greenfield. Have an amazing, amazing week.